0: Hi guys, Paul here, and welcome back to The Limitless Project. Thanks for joining me on episode three. So let's get straight into it. Today's episode is called Overcome Fear to Unlock Your True Potential. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss different types of fear, uh, the psychological and physiological effects of fear, but most importantly, how fear stops people from living the life they really want and stops people unlocking their true potential. Uh, I'm also going to share some very, very basic strategies and tools, uh, if you're interested in trying them or using them, that I've used and uh, you know deployed, implemented myself over the years to essentially help overcome a rational or unhelpful fear to get after what you really want and unlock your true potential. Now, fear comes in many forms. Uh, some fears are completely rational and protect us from harm, such as a fear of walking through a dangerous neighborhood alone at night. You know, that's rational. You probably shouldn't be doing that. That fear-based response is basically uh, your brain and body telling you you may be in danger and trying to protect you from harm. That's a helpful fear. Um, Unfortunately, though, most people's fears are irrational or unhelpful, and the actual risk or likelihood of harm occurring from those fears is very, very low or completely non-existent. These types of fears are the ones that hold us back in life, stop us reaching our true potential. Some examples of, you know, common human fears um, in 2022, particularly in advanced Western nations. uh, A lot of people have a fear of failure. So don't start things that could be beneficial or amazing for them because their perception is it's safer to not try at all or start anything new that could fail. Some people fear judgment from family, friends, uh, and more sadly, even strangers, so don't do potentially great things they're truly passionate about or interested in based on their preconceived perception of other people's responses to them taking some form of action. They give other people's views so much power that they don't do what they really want to do in life. Some people fear losing control. They have a strong sense of needing to have 100% control over their life and environment. And the thought of doing anything that could disrupt that perception of control essentially stops them from attempting anything um, outside the norm. Now guys, the thing about these types of fears is actually they do actually create genuine psychological and physical responses, even though the actual likelihood of real harm or danger is low or non-existent. They can generate a fight or flight response through our sympathetic nervous systems. They generate a feeling, an acute stress response in our bodies of real danger. Even though we won't die or suffer any real physical harm, they have that effect on the body. And unfortunately, the brain can't differentiate between a helpful fear or an unhelpful fear. So remember, fear is helpful in some situations, but, um, you know. Not in most, particularly if you, you know, you're living in a fairly privileged democratic society, most of the fears you have will be irrational or unhelpful, you know, and by the distinction there I'm trying to make guys is, you know, you're not living in a third world country on the streets, um, trying to avoid getting attacked every day or figure out how you're going to eat or whatever. So most of our fears are irrational. As a result, fear sadly stops a lot of people from stepping outside their comfort zones and unlocking their true potential. Um, you know, Not attempting to do something for fear of being judged, for example, won't actually protect you from any real physical danger or harm. And it may make you feel safe in that moment because you don't risk unsettling other people's views of you or your perceived view of how they'll view you. It'll. It, what it will do, unfortunately, is cause you a lot of frustration resentment, sadness, and potential lifelong regret. You'll always wonder what could have been if I took that job I really wanted, or left that toxic relationship, or studied that subject, or started that business, traveled to that destination. The the list goes on. You'll be left with a lot of what-ifs, regrets, resentment, and frustration. And breaking it down, essentially you'll have also lived a life based on others' views of you, as opposed to your view of yourself. And remember, quite often your view of someone else's view is actually a reflection back on you. They may not even have the same thought patterns as you or have the response to an action you take that you think they'll have. In that situation though, you're still choosing to place others' views of you as higher in importance than your own happiness, goals and aspirations. And that's really sad and really, really fucking annoying um, that so many people go around living like that every single day so let's break fear down a bit more we know that most fears are actually irrational we know that our bodies produce a real physiological and psychological response to fear regardless of whether it's a helpful fear or an unhelpful fear we know the fear stops a lot of people unlocking their true potential Uh, and we also know that fear and being held back by fear can end up causing lifetime frustration resentment and regret So because fear generates a real physiological response of acute stress in the body and a fight or flight response, um, the first place I generally start is focusing on what I can physically do to overcome irrational fear. So physically do, which I'll get to shortly and I'll share some actionable tools that I've used and still use to overcome the physical response to fear to this day. The harder part of the equation though is actually overcoming the perceived um, thought patterns we have about the imagined outcomes of our choices. And I'll share some strategies on that shortly too. But just quickly, I want to dive into some of my experience overcoming fear um, to unlock my potential in life. A caveat though, uh, because I am a human, like everyone else, I am also a constant work in progress and I understand I don't have all of the answers. And there's still situations to this day where I have irrational fears and perceptions of risk. But, and the big but, because I understand that and have the emotional, oh, sorry, the self-awareness to understand uh, when I'm about to lean into fear, I generally take action anyway. So I'll generally make a decision and take an action anyway in spite of feeling um, the physiological and psychological effects of fear. By doing that, I at least give myself the opportunity to access things and go after things that bring success that a lot of other people wouldn't due to letting fear stop them. I feel fear like everyone else, but I make a decision and take action anyway. Now, I spent time living on the streets as a teenager and didn't have a great upbringing, and that brought a lot of fear with it. You know, many of the situations I faced as a kid were genuine survival situations, and many of the fears I had at that stage were rational. Uh, Many of those fears and the decisions I made based on having those fears probably kept me alive. As an adult, however... I've had to face into a lot of irrational fears and unhelpful fears. And if I didn't take action or have the courage to proceed, I wouldn't have gone on to become an executive. I wouldn't have been a leader. I wouldn't have built businesses. I wouldn't have traveled the world, invested, uh, looked after my physical and mental health, um, had a beautiful family, you know, and, and essentially had a life that was fulfilling, which is what I'm more focused on than the term happiness. We often get caught up in the term you know, happiness and how do we become happy, I think, and this is just my view, <laughs> um, I don't think anyone in the world knows the, the secret to happiness, but my view is aim for fulfilment over happiness and generally I've found when I feel fulfilled, I'm happy anyway as an outcome of being fulfilled. So I always wanted to rise above my childhood situation and background in life and not, not only survive and rise above it, but thrive. Uh, and it meant doing lots of things where I was irrationally and unhelpfully fearful um, and, and probably blurring the line here between fear and anxiety because I suffered from that quite a bit as well as a result of my upbringing. But anyway, I'll focus on fear and decision making for now in its normal um, understood context. So I'll give you some examples. Like One example was I was desperate to climb the corporate ladder and become an executive leader. And for whatever reason, from a young age um, and having the background I had, I always wanted to be a leader after growing up the way I did. It was a a lofty goal to reach the top of the ladder because a guy with my background statistically shouldn't have been even able to do that or be there. So I set some really big goals early on. Having said that, one irrational fear or unhelpful fear, I should say, that I've had to deal with throughout the course of that journey, was a fear of public speaking, believe it or not. And a fear of people knowing about my disadvantaged background. Um, For me, it was a source of shame. So I was terrified of people finding out that I wasn't this normal vanilla dude, you know, who went to um, a great university and had a great family and all that sort of stuff. I didn't. I had a crazy upbringing. Um, And I also had a fear of judgment and a fear of failure. So every fear that any other human has or have had, I've had it too. So imagine that, you know, deciding you're going to put yourself out there, setting a goal for yourself to become an executive leader like I did and climb the corporate ladder with all of those fears and anxieties. Um, Imagine having a fear of public speaking and deciding you want to be a leader who sits above large groups of people, regularly needs to give presentations, you know, open yourself up to judgment. Um put yourself in situations where the fight or flight response and a fear of failing kicks in, well, guess what? I did that. I did that anyway. I felt all those fears and did it anyway because my goals drove my decisions, not my fear. And there was hundreds of times where I was shooting myself, but I would always take a step forward anyway. And I think most people know this, but remember that you know courage isn't the absence of fear. It's having fear and taking action anyway. So in those situations, I wasn't less fearful than anyone else. I was just really courageous. When building a business, I had fears of failing my family, fears of being judged, making mistakes, um, but I did it anyway because I viewed making decisions based on my goals as more important than my fears. So I'm weighing them up all the time. I'm weighing up my goal. I'm weighing up my fear. I'm trying to go through a logical process. I'm scared or I'm fearful or this might fail. However, here's my goal. And I'm focused on that goal. So essentially I chose my goals as being more important than my fears. Again, I had the same fears, the physiological and psychological responses, but chose courage and took action regardless. Now, here's some strategies that I've used over the years that you can implement if you choose to. Um, or if if you if you're not interested, don't do them. But it certainly helped me personally that I believe. Um, yeah, have generally helped me unlock my true potential, uh, and they've, they've helped me from being held back or frustrated or resentful uh, or wondering what if. So I'll break it down into physical tools and strategies and behavior-based tools and strategies. So let's start with the physical, because these tools are immediately actionable, and the concepts are probably easier to grasp, less ambiguous, than You know something as complex as changing thought patterns and behaviors. So here's some physical tools I use, uh, some daily, some every other day, some weekly. First one, and everyone knows about the benefits of this, exercise. Do it regularly and make sure you're completing some form of resistance training, i.e. weights and or body weight training, and some form of cardiovascular exercise as well, low and or high intensity. It's up to you. Just make sure you do it. Now, I happen to own a gym and I'm also a qualified coach. So for me, this is part of my life. But the physiological and psychological benefits of exercise are so well documented that you really can't afford not to do it. Um, particularly for the psychological benefits and the release of dopamine um, you know, and endorphins um, and everything else that will help you uh, temper down your stress response in the body. Even though i do own a gym i also regularly trained when i was an executive and a hands-on dad building businesses so i still had multiple commitments high pressure role and got the work done anyway no excuses um in fact the gym became a bit of a sanctuary for me and i wouldn't have had the longevity i did as in my executive career had i not worked out frequently so This may sound like a harsh opinion, guys, but in my opinion, when people say they don't have time to look after themselves and exercise, what they're really saying is it's not a priority. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Um, A lot of us have kids. A lot of us have high pressure careers. A lot of us are building businesses. What's interesting is some of us are still doing those things and making time. Some of us don't think we have time. What we're really saying is it's not a priority second physical tool I use is breathwork. Um, I prefer the Wim Hof method. You can YouTube this or Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. There's multiple other varieties out there you can do. Essentially what breathwork does is taps into the parasympathetic nervous system uh, and increases adrenaline in your body. Now, this conditions the body to adapt to stress over time as you get used to intentionally activating the fight or flight response. I personally found a huge amount of clarity and calmness after the first week of doing breath work, uh back when I first started. And it started off as small things um, for me that I could see in my daily life, like just being more patient, you know, less reactive to situations, uh, that normally would have induced some sort of negative response. Um what's interesting is I not only got anxious less often, I also got frustrated less often as well, which for me is a really positive benefit. Um particularly being a busy dad. A third tool I often use that has a positive physical effect on the nervous system um, and provides stress relief and provides some clarity is mindfulness. And I do this in various forms. Uh, a lot of people meditate these days. However, the best form of meditation I've personally used, and I'm not saying it's the best, this is just for me personally, is Yoga Nidra. Uh, now, you can again, you can Google this and YouTube it. But basically, you literally lie down and listen to a script You'll be guided through a script uh, by a practitioner. And there are tons of these available for free online. The script will guide you through a full body scan. And there's been a lot of um, scientific literature that's come out on this. It literally changes your brainwaves while you're doing it. Uh, Now, there's a lot of scientific, scientific studies that also suggest yoga nidra is beneficial in reducing symptoms of stress, PTSD, insomnia, rheumatoid arthritis, type 2 diabetes. The list goes on. Um, I essentially did it, you know, just for clarity, calmness, peace of mind, etc. Um, and it, it actually puts you into a state termed non-sleep deep rest or NSDR for short. Look it up, look into the research, scientifically proven, give it a try uh, if you want to, it's awesome. I also use cold water immersion for a positive physical and mental response. Um, similar to breath work, cold water puts your body in a state of stress, it releases adrenaline, taps into the fight or flight response, and it conditions your nervous system to adapt to stress over time. It can also help with insomnia and a range of other issues. Again, you know, research it, try it if you're interested. These are just some physical tools. And the last physical tool I used to overcome fear, and I'm blurring the line here again, and anxiety, is getting outdoors uh, or specifically getting out in nature. So there's numerous proven physical and psychological health benefits from being in in nature. I like to just go for a walk uh, or a low intensity hike as with that form of exercise, I'm not really there for the cardio benefits, but more the emotional and psychological benefits. Again, tonne of research has been done on this. The benefits are amazing. If you feel like shit, get outdoors, do it as regularly as possible. You'll feel better, pretty simple. So these are some of the physical tools I use regularly to help condition my stress response, You know, release endorphins, and just be a healthier, fitter person um, in general. But uh, now onto the more complex or trickier tools and strategies for overcoming fear and unlocking your true potential. Now, these are the actions and strategies I go through when making big, impactful decisions. Um, if we're being honest, taking action really comes down to making a decision and then moving forward. That's it. The good news is the hardest part of overcoming fear is just making a decision and taking the first step. Not as easy as it sounds, but try your hardest, guys, to really look at this logically, like write it down. You've weighed up what you truly want or want to do with your life, and then you feel fear because you've also weighed up all the risks, real or perceived, and now you have the actual steps to take, making the decision to proceed and then doing so. Two steps. So this is where writing and journaling helps. Start by writing down your own personal five-year vision statement, similar to how a company would. Again, you can look this up online, Google examples of vision statements. Um, you know, I, even, I did mine in a very corporate style, even though it was very personal. The, the format and structure was very corporate. The vision has to be a view of your ideal self five years from now. Now, take your time with this. The idea is you're writing a vision statement based on where you want to be in life in five years' time. Once you've done this, write your purpose down underneath it. So your purpose should be why you are doing what you're doing or why you want to be the version of yourself written in your vision statement in five years' time. Your purpose should also align with your personal values. Again, if you need help writing a purpose or defining, I should say, your purpose, Google it. Look it up online, thousands of examples. So get that written down. Now write down where you're currently positioned in comparison to your five-year vision, i.e. how far away you are from that ideal life and outcomes. And you start to build a bit of a, you know, a picture, a visual map of where you need to be relative to your five-year vision. From here, you can start to take action. So a vision is essentially what we call long-term thinking. Practicing long-term thinking has lots of benefits. Firstly, it keeps you on track with regards to decision-making, e.g. is this decision I'm about to make adding or subtracting from my five-year vision? Long-term thinking also builds resilience. If you make a mistake or stumble along the way, you'll realise it's not final, it's not fatal, it's simply a short-term setback. People who don't have long-term goals uh, or practice or adopt long-term thinking don't often realize success because every challenge or failure they face is too easy to get stuck in emotionally. So if you make a mistake and practice long-term thinking, you realize it's just a blip on the radar, you dust yourself off, you get up, you get on with it. You adopt or have a mindset of short-term thinking, every failure is horrible, you're going to get stuck there. Now, tying this into unlocking your true potential... We realize overcoming irrational fear or unhelpful fear is simply having the feeling of fear and having the courage to complete a two-step process regardless, and that is make a decision, take action. We also recognize unhelpful fears as those that ultimately cause resentment, frustration, and make people wonder what could have been. So in the long run, the pain of not making potentially great decisions based on your ideal vision of yourself is far worse than the short-term pain of fear or leaning into fear don't allow others opinions of you or your fear of failing or looking imperfect uh you know stop you from being the best and most fulfilled version of yourself feel fear acknowledge it then make a decision and take action anyway based on your long-term goals so that's it guys hopefully by utilizing a combination of physical tools and self-development tools or you know, attacking that thought, uh, those unhelpful thought processes and patterns, and acknowledging that we're all human and have unhelpful fears, you can go out today and start taking steps towards achieving whatever it is you truly want to achieve in life. That's it, guys. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.